0: This is Brett and Jason from Infinite Monkey Games, and you're listening to this freaking show. What's up, everybody? I am Travis T. And welcome to another episode of This freaking Show. It is the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. The same weekly podcast that is brought to you every week by Audible.com. That's right. If you're like me and you're a huge fan of stories, but not a big fan of reading them yourselves, check out Audible.com. Thousands of titles of audiobooks available for you. Then you get a 30-day free trial through us. That's right. You go to audibletrial.com backslash freaknet. F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T. You get a 30-day free trial of Audible from us. And because Audible is so cool, during that 30-day free trial, you can get two credits to pick up two books that you can test run yourself through your 30-day free trial. And in order to get that, all you got to do is go to audibletrial.com backslash freaknet and get that 30-day free trial. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, maybe I want to be a little classy as I read my audio book. Well, we got you covered there, too. All you got to do is go to wearedeputized.com. And pick up a high quality knit tie for just fifteen dollars. That's right, high quality hand knit tie for fifteen bucks. Bonus too, you go to checkout, you're getting ready to leave, go to the little promo box, type in freaking, Freakin' F R E A K I N, and you save on uh, shipping. That's right, free shipping on your high knit, high quality, depper ties from WeAreDepperTies.com. Guys, uh, I am I'm I'm on the show alone this week, but don't worry. It's not because they abandoned me, it's just because uh, I had a really, really incredible guest I had the opportunity to interview uh, with, or interview, pretty much interview, I guess. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we we set up the schedule and everything, and the thing is, she's from Germany. That's right, this is an international interview, right here on this freaking show. Uh, so we set up the interview for over the weekend, and you know... Uh, Joe and Aqua you know, they they, they need their, their refueling days. but are not trying to see. I just keep moving forward and I keep pressing on. So uh, I tackled the show here this week on my own uh, to get the interview with the very talented Julianne Black, uh, the director of Eight Remains. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about her uh, history and film and everything. I'm really excited. So excited that we're going to go ahead and dive right into the interview right now. Hi, everyone. I am sitting down here with Julianne Block. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: I'm so excited to do this. Well,
0: thank you. Uh, real quick, I uh, just kind of want to give my uh, listeners uh, kind of like a little background on who you are and uh, also what uh, really got you uh, into doing films. Well, um, I'm
1: doing films for quite some time now. So um, I'm a German filmmaker and it might be interesting like because most of my films are English language. So I started off like with a zombie flick here in Germany. And then uh, for personal reasons, I went to Asia. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought everyone is going to North America from Europe to do films, So I just go the other way. Ended up in Malaysia (laughs) where they speak English as more or less also first language. I mean, they speak um, Bahasa Malaysia, but a lot of them speak English. And I ended up with a lot of friends, Chinese friends who speak English. And I did my first feature over there, which was really fun. And I decided um, that's what I really want to do. Like, I want to make movies as director for the rest of my life. And here we are.
0: Gotcha. Was there a, was there a certain movie that you saw, like, you know, um, you know like back in the day when, you're, uh, you know, when you first started, like, you know, really getting into movies, was there one film that kind of, like, made you decide, hey, I, I want to be part of, like, this culture. I want to start making movies. Was there, like, that type of movie for you? not really um it was more
1: like uh my mom she was mm-hmm. a um like a housewife and uh-huh. like she was selling makeup like an evening party something like this for like the women in the neighborhood and i just kind of got all the rest like all what i whatever i could get my hands on i took and um instead of making myself pretty i just made myself into a monster and then it grew and grew <laughs> so like It grew into zombies, like really special effects makeup with um, latex and stuff. And then I met this guy. I've never thought about being a filmmaker. And I met this guy at university who did this zombie film. And I was like, oh, wow, I can do zombie makeup. and It's actually useful. So um, that's how I got hooked into filmmaking. And just then it occurred to me that basically storytelling would be something I would be interested in. I think like my parents are teachers. It, like I grew up like in a suburb of a small town in Germany so filmmaking is not really something you do there <laughs> so I think yeah. it was just too far away so I needed a while until uh, that hit me that this is really what I want to do.
0: Awesome, awesome. So how did how did you um, like uh, your first film like how how did you start out doing like your very first film and what what uh, what exactly would your uh, your first film uh, been? Well. If I say like my very first film,
1: or like are you asking for my first film as director or like this zombie flag
0: uh like the first time you directed like uh, like where like what what got you into um you found a film you started directing it like where 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 did that come from
1: so I was in Asia at the time already. I knew yep. that i would I wanted to work in the movie industry and mm-hmm. then it's just kind of like, it's not as if, like, the jobs in the movie industry present themselves. Like, no one is coming to you and saying, like, look, I have this awesome project, and I want you to do this. And that's when I said, okay, I do it myself. So that was actually a short film. So my first directing, it was a short film called Unsecured Loan. And my brother wrote a short story at some point. I really liked it. I took it. And there is, like, a lot of um, loan sharking going on in Asia. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Asian... Uh, crime films, thrillers, they're really great, so I want to do something like this, so it's a short film about loan sharking, about a guy who is like in trouble and uh, can't pay back and he doesn't want to do like the job he's offered, and like the first day on set, I think it was like 16 or 17 hours, like the outcome was so-so, I mean, it was my first time, um, but it was so much fun, and in the end, like I really liked this film. So this is uh, when I decided, okay, let's do a longer one. And then we uh, did like a feature film. It's also a gangster, Asian gangster thriller with triads and everything. Mm. And I pretty much think this is my real film school because we did everything you're not supposed to do. So we wrote this film while we shot it. I think the whole film cost two thousand US dollars, including my phone bill and my my gas. Oh, like wow. I felt. Uh, I put in my car, so it was really next to nothing, everyone had a lot of fun, it was like a lot of free time went into this, and Mm -hmm. it uh, actually went a lot further than we expected, (laughs) I mean I shouldn't say it like this, it sounds like kind of funny, but the thing is like, uh, because we did it like this, we didn't expect the entire time for this film to go that far, but then It actually went like to some major festivals and like made its money back. And I mean, you can watch it now for free on YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. And it got a couple of uh, crew members into the Berlinale Talent Campus, which is also like I like I I was there like a year before like with my first short film, and then like they got in like with this one. So like um, yeah, I think it was definitely a really good start, plus so much fun
0: gotcha and uh you you so you're talking about like uh, a lot of these uh these first couple of films you start out with uh related to like more like uh gangs and stuff like that um yeah. and and uh we uh we actually touched base uh for your uh your new movie that got released at the end of 2018 uh 8 remains uh which is uh, that genre is more of a, a thriller um kind of like is is it, like what what genre does 8 remains uh, fall into
1: um we call it psychological thriller it has a couple yeah. of horror elements. There's some drama in it, but I think like you can boil it down to um, um, psychological thriller. It has also some art house elements. Like the story is very quirky, very um, like there are a lot of different layers. So you really mm-hmm. need to like uh, this type of film to get into it. So like also the, um, the reviews we got so far is people really like it or they hate it.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, and that's everybody. I mean, especially like, you know, when, like, you get certain people who like when they review movies and stuff like that, they try to really like, you know, like nitpick and try to tear things apart to get like the deeper part of it. But then at the same time, you get a lot of those guys um, <clears> or <throat> fans from people who watch movies that they just want to watch it for the story and just enjoy what's in front of them. So I I could definitely get that I get the same thing when it comes to podcasting like a lot of people get out there and enjoy the fact that we're just a couple guys who get around and socialize but at the same time it's like you know they they need they feel that there needs to be more but <clears> that's just that's just people like really like nitpick and stuff uh, so um, It remains. Uh, why, don't, why don't you tell us kind of like a, a little bit of um, like w- what's the uh, movie about?
1: It remains is about Tally. She's a young girl who. Um... Uh, Has an older lover, Damien, and the film starts with him showing her like his great castle and shortly after turning out to be actually um, like a killer. So he's strangling her and time stops and she wakes up in this parallel um, reality. We say, well, she's uh, like having like her life is kind of um, running for her in this Mm -hmm. dream world and she has to go through different stages uh, in her life always chased by Damien who is like in this fantasy world as well fighting for her life so it's it's and, and all these parallel reality worlds are those layers I was talking about um yeah. so yeah it's uh, overall I would say like um I read some comments to say like this is a tale about female empowerment which I think it's that's true so this is something we wanted to achieve um it's a story about tally how she overcomes the trauma and how she really finds herself so a little bit also coming off age if you want to say so like to find out who you really are um in the package of this psychological thriller
0: i gotcha i gotcha and where where did the idea for this movie come from because it is a pretty unique uh, concept on um on a thriller movie like um <clears throat> like thinking about it, trying to think of uh, any kind of movie that would uh, mirror it or have any kind of like um, similarities to it like it is really quite different so what did the idea of uh of the movie and how it's based and you know being in that alternate uh, reality while uh, watching you know your life move forward and everything like how how did that come to uh the creator's mind
1: um the writer um laura sommer she's a very successful german um novelist like who mm-hmm. publishes the books on amazon and she had a short story and like when we looked at her short story we thought like how can we do this with mm-hmm. the means at hand she actually had like some funds herself and she wanted to have a um, teaser for a low budget film based on one of, of her books and I said well I think a teaser for one of your films like like if it's low budget that doesn't make any sense let's take the money make a feature and that's when we started writing around her budget about around what we had like using the story as base and this is what we came up with like in a great collaboration it was really just fun like talking to her and then all these different ideas came up and then she wrote it in german and i translated it into english at the same time more or less like kind of um also adjusting certain things i thought like we can tweak a little bit and um then uh, wolf peter and a writer i'm working with he came on board like doing the final tweaks because usually a first translation is still very translated Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: um yeah and that happened incredibly fast so she was very like the laura song she was very easy to work with because she wasn't really um she was very open to suggestions from me so like she wasn't you know, like kind of saying, well, I'm the author. I don't want this. I'm the writer. This has to be it. So it was really a true collaboration.
0: I got you. And, uh, I, and I, I was just kind of like, like oh, looking through your IMDb and everything and trying to, like you know, learn learn a little bit about you as uh, we do doing this interview. And I noticed that there were actually a couple of movies that uh, you uh, performed in as well. Yeah, well,
1: uh, the main one is Kings. Which mm-hmm. is from 2011, and uh, once I did Emperor, that's the first feature I was talking about earlier, like the gangster one. I didn't really like. Well, I like directing a lot, and I was yep. like, okay, well, well, maybe I like like being in front of the camera more. So, what's easier than write yourself your own film, and produce it, and direct it yep. to actually get like the lead role? So this is what I did, and this is a co-directing gig with a. Um, Uh, Virginia Kennedy she's a uh, Australian director also based in Malaysia and we did this together and I decided after this I mean I'd say I did an okay decent job but the thing is like I definitely enjoy a lot more being behind the camera so also like I'm doing both it tears me apart so I don't really know where I am so and I have um, but the thing that I have this experience is really good because a lot of time, like if you don't know how it feels like to be in front of the camera, uh, working with actors, sometimes you think, oh, don't be so fuzzy, you know, like, just do your job. But the thing is, you can't really get into a character if there are things distracting you. And this is, I think, what's all about. And it's very good to know how difficult it can be So, like to um, appreciate also that part um, specifically about um,
0: filmmaking. Yeah, and, and it's one of those incredible things where like now you now you have that experience or that feeling uh, both from behind and in front of the camera, like you were explaining. Um and I mean for any actor in any movie, like the fact that they could they could sit there and uh put themselves into a whole new character that's different from who they really are in front of a camera and all that stuff. It's it's an incredible thing. And that that's one of the reasons I do podcasts, because there's never there's no way I can ever be in front of a camera because I know I'll just butcher it like completely. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm like more of an audio kind of guy myself. But um um so so it remains that it got released in November and it is on uh, Amazon Prime. Um what what um what other movies uh is because you actually have a couple of movies though one that's coming out this year. Uh yeah. That's right. I mean,
1: it took us quite a while to finish post-production, on remains. Remains*.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, with this knowledge, post-production on my film I did after that, which is Three Lies, and that is um, going to be released in North America, I think, 6th of um, August, actually. So it should be okay. available on um, DVD VOD in August this year that went a lot faster which kind of and this is why basically now they come like um so close because then there's another one called the curse of hop's house which is like a zombie horror film which is more or less almost finished so i have actually like the first presentation to buyers coming week and it might actually hit festivals also end of this year so it's kind of very odd that they all come like so um one after the next i mean like mm-hmm. like i've Shot Eight Remains in 2016 um Three Lives 2017 that was the principal photography and we shot Hobbs House uh, early this year
0: yeah gotcha. so you're just always staying busy you know with all these new projects and everything and that's pretty cool so we know so we talked about Eight uh, Remains as uh, more of a psycho thriller uh you said uh you also have a horror movie coming out uh here uh through um Hobbs House and then, obviously, like at the beginning of our, our interview, we talked about the uh, the gang-related movies that you made. Uh, do you find that there is one genre that's easier to uh, produce or direct um, compared to any other ones? Are they all kind of the same? It's just more of a, um, how the process works that may be like slightly different.
1: I would say the process is not really different, but the thing is, like, your vision has to fit somehow. So I wouldn't say for me it's, the same amount of work to direct any film. I don't think I'm specifically good in romantic comedies just because I usually do not think they are funny. I had this discussion Mm. with writers who offered me a script and said, well, you just have to do what's on the page. And I said, well, no, because I don't think it's funny. So how am I supposed to direct it if I don't know what's funny for for the audience if I don't think it's funny? So um, in that regard, I think, uh, yeah, just... Action, um, tense films, thrillers, stuff like that works a lot better for me than um, other genres. Having said that at the same time, one film I have right now in, um, uh, yeah, well, we can already say pre-production, I think, is actually a children's film. I guess like that also because of my son, um, who's three Mm -hmm. years now, I just wanted to do a film um, where he doesn't have to wait until he's 16 or something like to be able to watch it and i do like fantasy films so um if there is like an element to the story i like i think then the genre doesn't matter that much but um ultimately it has to be a story which interests me and that also changes i think like um when you change like your perspective kings for example the movie i was acting in is a mockumentary it's a comedy mockumentary so that's a totally Mm -hmm. different genre
0: so is there, a, is there a director that you kind of like pulled like inspiration from or that you kind of like, like you you heard of like, they have like certain techniques or how they want to work and you kind of use those same techniques and how you move forward in directing uh, films? Well, one
1: director I really like is Kim Ji-Woon. He's a Korean director. He did Bittersweet Life, which is like also I'd, I'd say is a psychological thriller. Uh-huh. Uh, crime related asian and i love that film he also did a film called the good the bad the weird which is like i um, called um kimchi western it's a western set in manchuria and uh during i don't know, a little bit earlier than the second world war i think and like his combination of production design and story is just brilliant i think um there are other directors i really like i mean I really liked Wonder Woman and like, I'm trying to focus also on female directors and what Patty Jenkins did just because I think it's inspiring to see more women telling stories from a female perspective. And Mm -hmm. I do know, um, specifically doing thrillers, how our own perspective, like I'm talking about my perspective is like definitely, um, you know, like, like we are so, um, sorry, I'm lacking the uh, English term for that, Um, we are so used to seeing things a certain way, three lives, like the the film which comes out in August, for example, is dealing with uh, rape. And I just thought about how to portray this. And then I realized that basically like what you see um, usually in films is always the male gaze. And then sometimes you have to really find your own voice. And for that specific reason, I actually enjoy female directors very much because it just opens up a new whole perspectives and little things um so yeah i think this is maybe where i would say i get inspired most
0: yeah true and um so uh you said that uh, you you felt um you directed and worked on movies both in uh uh asia and in germany is there um like a different like um process between the like the two different places when it comes to movie making or is it very similar as well
1: well, for me, it was very similar. Uh, a lot of my films I worked on, I was also um in the producing team, which means like, I was, uh, you know, like like um putting the structure together, which ultimately made the structure. So this is kind of like uh, why I think films here have been similar to the ones I did in Asia, and like the last one's house was shot entirely in the UK. Um, so we always had like a um. Multinational national like, crew people from the UK, Germany and other European countries see in Europe and in Asia it was also like all kind of different people so um I would say not so much different maybe that in Malaysia the film industry in general has less money so films usually have to do with a lot less funding.
0: Okay, is there a, is there a place you have yet to uh, create a film in that you look to do in the future? You like mean like country-wise? Uh, yeah, like, like a location or something like, that. like is there like a dream like location you would love to shoot a film in that you haven't quite gotten to yet, but you look to do in the future? Well, most of it is
1: really stories I want to do. I do like um, amazing locations. So I think like um, Iceland is great. Norway is great. Look a lot like um, um, New Zealand in many ways. So if yeah. I can do something which is taking uh, those countries somehow to another level, I think that would be really great. Um but then again, I've traveled in those countries, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: ultimately you always can also just kind of uh travel there if you want to see those countries.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. Um so when it comes to eight remains, um the actors and actresses you have in the movie uh are pretty incredible. Uh how do you go about the process of finding like the right uh, actor for the character you're looking for?
1: For Age Remains specifically, we were yeah. looking at casting while we were writing. Like, so basically, it was people also we knew already, and then we more or less build the characters around them. So I'm not very good in making uh, an audition. I think like auditions have a very different um, environment than being on set. So I've been wrong when auditioning actors. So I usually like to um, look at show reels and then meet them in person and just talk. So this is kind of something how I find actors. And then specifically, if you do low low budget films, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of hard to ask people you haven't worked with. Um, Oftentimes, you don't know if they can cope uh, with the situation on set. If there's no trailer, um, you know, like if if it's pretty... Yeah, low budget. So this is mm. one thing, for example, where it remains. And the second thing is, um, if you work with people you know already, then also, like, you know what you're getting. So you know, like, their strengths and their weaknesses, and you can actually structure, like, the role around them. So um, some actors were new, and they were cast more or less, like, as I described, watching showreel, talking to them, and then kind of bringing them on board. Others I've worked with, for example, Damien, um uh, was um, Gregory B. Walters, and he's really great to work with. And I worked with him like um, a couple of years ago prior to Eight Remains uh, where he was uh, in a collaborative project where I shot a segment. And it's a feature film done by 40 directors, and I shot a segment of that. And that was really fun to work with him, And so that was easy. Like I was just asking, do you want to do this? And funny enough, everyone I was asking had times so that we didn't have to look much further. So the project came together incredibly fast.
0: Awesome. And, uh, and as mentioned, uh, A Remains is available on Amazon uh, Prime. Is it available anywhere uh, else?
1: Uh, it is also on Google Play, Tubi, TV, I think, or however that's called. <laughs> like, we don't have mm-hmm. this in Germany. So um, let me just quickly pull up. Actually, on our website and on our social media channel, you should also find it. Main outlets are Amazon Prime, um, Google Play, and Tubi. So this is, like, what people should look if they want to watch it, I think.
0: Okay. Cool. Uh, do you, uh, real quick, just want to give uh, our listeners um, just an idea of where they can find you on social media, where they can keep updated on all your um, uh, upcoming movies that are being released, as well as uh, any other movies uh, from the past that maybe they want to look up? Well,
1: they can find more or less most of it like um, on my website, on our website, j-blockbuster.com. And in social media, it's also Twitter, j-blockbuster, all in one word, same uh, for Instagram and J Blockbuster movies for Facebook. So this is also where they can find links where to watch eight remains, um, all the other films when they come out this year.
0: Awesome. Julian, thank you so much for coming on the show and doing this with me. I really appreciate it.
1: It was a lot of fun. My awesome. pleasure.
0: Thank you. we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back. What up everybody, it's Razor, this is Fear, and MDI, and we are Fifth Cast, the premiere show of the FYFC Podcast Network. We like to talk, hell, we'll talk about anything, world
1: events and personal stories,
0: technology and pop culture, and once even, pterodactyl porn. (laughs) Seriously, that's a thing. Google it.
1: New episodes are available every Friday on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also, subscribe to the video podcast on YouTube.com slash FYFC podcasts. I'm
0: not sure why you were yelling, but that was excellent. Now, fuck your face and back to the show.
1: We said normal voice. I know, but I like that one.
0: That's right, guys. Make sure you check out 8 Remains, available on Amazon Prime right now. And make sure you check out Julianne on uh, social media to check out all her upcoming uh, uh, creations and movies and uh, adventures and projects and everything. They're gonna hit fairly soon as well. Uh, let's go ahead and cap off the show, or uh, I guess yeah, cap it off. Twist, you know, put a little cap on the top there, or whatever. Uh, let's uh, let's dive into the freaking thinking, um, and uh, you know what? Let's. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, my family and friends over the last week. Uh, as you guys know, I've been dealing with. Uh, some back problems, as I mentioned in the previous uh, show and all that, that <clears throat> um, I hadn't had an opportunity to do a lot of things around the house. I hadn't had a chance to you know, do some simple yard work and everything, because just getting around was just so hard to do. Uh, but luckily, my family and friends came uh, came through in a clutch, and they did my yard work for me. Now, I, I, I had a savanna for a backyard, believe it or not. I mean, that grass was tall as fuck, but um, uh, they came, uh, they came through, helped me out, got to take care of for me and everything. And I appreciate all of it. So, uh, this week's freaking thinking is just a quick shout out to uh, my mom, my stepdad, and my friends, Kyle and Shell, for coming through and helping me out when uh, I definitely needed it. So, thank you to you guys and everything. And you know what? If you guys want to help me like they helped me, the best way to do that is, uh, just helping out the podcast. And you can do that by going to tpublic.com. And search TFS because that's going to lead you to the FreakNet Studio uh, uh, merchandise page where you can pick up a This Freaking Show t-shirt. You can pick up a Follow Your Star Wars t-shirt. You can pick up an old Secret Society This Freaking Show t-shirt. You can pick up a Travesty t-shirt. That's right. T-shirts, but not only t-shirts, so much other things. Phone cases, uh, notebooks, uh, tapestries, uh, wall art. You get, you get our logo on almost anything there at tpublic.com. And plus doing that it shows the support for the podcast I know you guys love listening to <clears throat> make sure you follow us on social media Facebook Instagram and Twitter at this freaking show if you need to reach out to us you can reach out to us at this freaking show at yahoo.com comments concerned or want to be a guest on the show make sure you check out our website this show.com where you see uh, the background of us all the guests we've had such as the amazing guest Julian block we had on today also, make sure you go ahead and uh, give a listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, just by searching This Freaking Show. If you listen to us on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, five-star review. Check out audibletrial.com backslash freaknet. Get your 30-day free trial from us to you. And also check out wearedeportized.com. High net quality tie for $15. Promo code FREAKIN at the end of checkout. Get yourself uh, some free shipping. And as always, I am Travesty. And thank you for listening to another episode of This Freaking Show. I'm out.